Welcome to Season 2, Episode 29 of The Amen Corner. I'm Brad Rothschild. And I'm Stephen Cook. I am full. Oh my God. It was so good, though. I'm, I'm so like full. perfectly satiated. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing like locks and eggs and onions and a bagel at Barney Greengrass. Barney Greengrass, the official sponsor of the Amen Corner. <laughs> our official safe space. It is, it's our happy it's place. <laughs> how, do you, how do you feel going back to uh, Smoke Fish? I know you were like... Oh, that's... Uh, yeah. Um, I, you know, I went with the locks and eggs like you did because I felt like that was like a good transition back well, into... Like it wasn't the full-on, here's a pile of Nova on a bagel. <laughs> I will say, when, on a, one of our previous trips to Barney Greengrass, I ordered lox and eggs and onions, and you ordered something else, Yeah, and you were really jealous of my lox and eggs and onions. No, so. I think the last time we went there, I got the same thing that you did, but the previous time, I was like, that does look good. <laughs> I mean, I wasn't totally jealous, because how can you be jealous when you have right. you know, Nova on a bagel with cream cheese? It's like, piled pretty high. Yeah, yeah, yeah And yeah, it's yeah. high quality. So I wasn't jealous, but I did look and say, huh. hmm. That is something I would probably go for. And you know what? I do go for it. I don't think I'd have anything else at Barney Greengrass other than the lox. It's a good, it's a bold call. Yeah. Actually. You know what a bold call there is? Like smoked deli meat. Like why? (laughs) Why would you do that? Like don't get pastrami at Barney Greengrass. Don't, don't do that. No. No. It's, it's appetizing. Appetizing as my mother would say. Not delicatessen. (laughs) It's appetizing. And there's a difference, Stephen. There's a difference. (laughs) I see people eating, like, potato pancakes. Yeah, like, why? Dude, you're missing out. I get it, but, like, you're making a mistake. (laughs) You know what a huge mistake is, though? I've seen people at the Second Avenue Deli get, like, a tuna sandwich. Like, you should just fucking... Oh! I said... Oh, swear jar. Two dollars. You should just kill yourself if you're there and eating... If you're eating tuna fish at the Second Avenue Deli... You may you need to rethink some of your I'm life. I'm okay choices. with a good tuna sandwich, but not into Second yeah. Avenue Duck. Yeah. I thought you were going to say that a big mistake is napping while African American. That is a big mistake. It's well, only in a public in a in a in a public space, apparently. Well, in, 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 in your college dorm, in, in your elite university yeah. dorm. Okay, so what happened is that there was an African American grad student at Yale who, during finals week, took a nap on a couch in a public area in her dorm. Now, how many times did I fall asleep on the couch in the living room at Jocelyn House in Vassar College? I I, I can't even count the number of times. So this is not an unusual thing for someone at a college or university to be really tired during finals and kind of racking out for a while on a couch. Let's not even discuss the possibilities or the uh, instances of people passing out <laughs> on said couches. I, I've in, done that too. In said colleges, yeah. Uh, I'm not talking about somebody who drank too much and couldn't make it back to their room, so they passed out on the couch uh, and may or may not have woke up covered in vomit. We're talking about somebody who was studying for... Writing their, a paper. Uh, I think she was yeah, writing a paper. Yeah. During finals week, took a nap, and guess what? Some uh, very frightened woman. Frightened. Frightened. By a sleeping African-American woman. Some frightened white student called the cops. And the cops, cops interrogated her. 
What is wrong with the cops? I, I don't know. You know, in Philly, they arrested guys for waiting for a friend at in a Starbucks. Starbucks. Yeah. That seems to me if you show up and you, you have you get this call yeah. and you assess the situation, you say there's been no crime committed here, there's no yeah. reason well, to arrest well, these people. Oh, well, let's so, let's think this through. So you get this call, you're a cop and you say Okay, so you're calling to complain because there are two people sitting in Starbucks at a table <laughs> and they haven't ordered anything. Is that what we're is that what the, the issue is? So they're in the Starbucks and they're not doing anything. Is Any- that correct? No. They haven't ordered anything, I see. They've been there for how long? About five or ten minutes. That's it? <laughs> Like, but even if they'd been there for an hour, how about the guys who show up there, they order a small coffee oh yeah, at 9.30 in the morning, they open up their laptop, yeah. and they spend the entire day there. And it's their office. It, that, this and is they're this, white dudes. This is the Starbucks I'm a writer. Business. I'm a... This is the Starbucks business model. <laughs> exactly. People get to go there and hang out. Okay. Exactly. Unless so, you're black, apparently. So my question is... They assess the, the cops assess the situation. Right. And they say these guys should be arrested. The cops show up at a dorm and they interrogate and, and they interrogate for fifteen minutes. For fifteen minutes, why? What? What? Ooh. Because the cops are not using their brains either. Nobody well, assuming they have any. I mean, but but here's the thing. I used to think it was just dangerous to be driving while black, <laughs> but apparently. We've underestimated the severity of the situation, <laughs> and it's dangerous just to be living to be living while black in this country. I mean, that's horrible. I mean, what what do you do with this? It's I, I don't know. It's stunning. Like it's what absolutely you stunning that this young woman was interrogated, and when she when she showed them her key to her yeah. room and got herself into the room, they still didn't believe her. Well, why should they? She's black. Why, what are you doing at Yale? Like you show us your ID. Like when I, I didn't. If I was studying in the living room of my dorm, yeah, I didn't bring my wallet with my ID. Where are the, her neighbors to stand up for her and say no? She lives here. This is our like. Well, why isn't? Why are we hearing about that? It's it's the whole story is too upsetting. The whole thing is and horrible. bizarre to even really process. It. And meanwhile, you told me this morning over. Blocks and eggs and onions uh, and Barney Greengrass. That the woman who called the cops apparently has a history of this kind of yeah, thing? Yeah, she's done this before. She's written some stuff that's been uh, <laughs> questionable on the race issue. Apparently, she's a, um, she's a big feminist, so that's her cause. And she right. thinks that uh, everything should be viewed through that prism instead so, of through race. And she thinks that she's the oppressed one. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Everybody. But, but, but what? Okay. So you, gen, there's genuinely oppression out there. But what does a sleeping person on a couch was that? How is that oppressing her? I, I don't know. It's just too. I can't explain her neuroses I, to you because I don't know this woman. And according to the Goldwater Doctrine, I can't evaluate somebody who I haven't, who's not a patient of mine. I can't discuss their their mental. Uh, her mental state. It's just, you know, I can't diagnose her. So she's obviously uh, slightly unhinged. And maybe more <laughs> that was than, very diplomatic yeah, of maybe you. Maybe more than a little racist. And, <laughs> that was um, also very diplomatic of you. You know, a problem. So now the, the question is, what is Yale University going to do? Uh, all I saw was that they issued a statement saying it was a very troubling situation. Yeah, it is a troubling situation. Yeah, but... So now I put it to you, Yale University. What are you going to do about it, Whitey? 
great. <laughs> it's completely beyond me. I just, I, I, yeah, bizarre so, in the extreme. So what would you like to see be an outcome from this? Like, what do you think should happen to this woman who reported uh, this woman to the I, Look, to the I, I, I think in, in, in honesty, when it comes to, you know, I think university administrators are mostly uh, chicken. They're, they're mostly weak need when it comes to things like this. And obviously, uh, there's there's not that much that they can do directly to this woman. But right. she clearly has uh, she clearly has a history. I think a, a statement beyond the you know anodyne. This is a very troubling situation. Is is clearly warranted. Plus, if she has a history of calling the cops for er- erroneous. Right. Things, uh, then I, I think you know there's grounds for her to be prosecuted for that. that is I mean, you're crime. wasting yeah. the time of the police. Not to mention the taxpayer there's, money uh, for for you know I, it's, it's but kind of, kind of mind boggling. It's to, it's so. Absolutely what is right. the university supposed to do other than issue a statement about how troubled they are? Are they supposed to have some sort of training session for all, everyone? I, and, I, 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 like these kinds doing? of things are there's. Constant training sessions yeah. and conscious building efforts at these universities, and it doesn't seem to really make that much of a difference. I, I don't know. I don't this know. is Yale. This is not right. You know, this is not a state school in the South. Right. This is Yale University. It's it's absolutely one of those things that um, is. From the perspective of the African American community, is just I think one of these things that they're like, yeah, this is what we've been talking about for all this time, um, and yet you know everybody's like, whoa, that that actually happens. So I'm not sure there's anything really that the uh, Yale administrators can actually do. But I think the idea, and there was a big uh, op-ed about it in the in the New York Times today. The failing New York Times um, about <laughs> it. So perhaps wrong, this yeah. opens the eyes of people in the country. But I don't this think is systemic. This is the way in which you know the media. I don't think this at large kind of does. frames the ideas of color. No white student napping on the couch. No, no one's calling the cops. No. So I don't think this opens anyone's eyes, but I think the eyes that it might open are the eyes of African American students or. You know, college students or high school students who are going to college right. in the fall, right. and this alerts them to the fact that they're not safe anywhere. That there's nothing that they can do that will not be scrutinized and and potentially have the authorities brought in. It's I mean, it, it's if you are an African American student preparing to go to Yale in the fall, what in the world do you think? You think, I will never fit in no matter what right. I do. But it's not just Yale. I won't be. No, no, no. I'm just saying. I'm yeah. saying coming on the heels of this, of course. Right. I mean, it goes without saying. But if you're now Yale is in the news for this. Sure. And you're That's an incoming freshman. That's a good point. What do you do if you're Yale? To, are you going to reach out to incoming African-American students and say this is not who we are? Actually, it is who you are. <laughs> It's like when we say, like, oh, this isn't America. Sure this is. This is part of America, too. It's just the part that we don't, we don't want to talk, talk about. about. Exactly. Yeah. We don't want to talk about it. But it we is. want to say that athletes, successful athletes are spoiled babies. They are. And that they, 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 they shouldn't complain. They shouldn't. 
How dare they? How dare How they? Dare they have opinions? How dare they have opinions that are different than mine? <laughs> Just yeah. shut up and, and run the ball. Exactly. Shut up and dribble. Oh my god. Yeah. Didn't want to, who said shut up and dribble? Oh, it was Laura Ingram. Laura Ingram. About yeah. about LeBron. About LeBron. She's oh, she's horrible. Horrible. These, I would say she's a horrible human being, but I'm not certain she's human. <laughs> Well, Fox News has really outdone itself oh in the last God. couple of days. This is bad. I mean, every day it's bad. It's like every week is bad. Like, how can this be, you know, Manish Tana? Why is this night any different than I, any other night? It is. Like, nothing is different. This, they're just awful in different ways. <laughs> and you Shut think, up and dribble. And you think, well, they can't get worse. Of course they can. Yeah. They're just, like, it's just a different John subject. McCain. Oh, he was, they had that guy on who said. Oh, my God. John McCain is what he called him Bird Song John Songbird Songbird John and and torture worked on him so so it should so so he should be for it right everyone knows that torture worked on him oh really is that what everyone knows oh my god but you know this goes back the the tone was set in the campaign when Trump said I like people who weren't captured right. Yet somehow this week he liked the uh, right, the, the, the three people who were, who were captured released in Korea. Korea. Yeah, right. they're, they're heroes. They're heroes now, and they you know I welcome them back, and we all right. should be happy that they're home. But they were captured. No, well, it's all. So this all started the denigration of John McCain, who is no liberal, right? No, no friend to the Amen corner is he. He's but, the one who. Made Sarah Palin possible, and that Sarah Palin, you can yeah, a draw a direct line. line between Sarah Palin that and the politics we're living right now. That is true. However, and Mr. Maverick never really stood up for all of his principles. True, but, but that is not to say that it's okay to denigrate denigrate his service and his. How many years was he captive? Five? Five years. Dude, he five re- years. He refused to be released until everybody else was released because he didn't want to be made a... He didn't want anybody to make a spectacle of him. He was the son of, a, of an admiral. Right. And he didn't want his fellow prisoners to be forgotten. So it was useful that the son of an admiral, admiral was in captivity yeah. and to his fellow captives and didn't want them... Uh, to be left behind. So, you know, John McCain, for all of his faults, um, he never really, he, he, he would speak out about the Republican agenda, but more often than not, with the exception of the Obamacare repeal, right. he generally voted with them. Yeah. But I now... Think, I think the number was like, he voted with Trump like 83% right, of the time. Right, But he is like public enemy number one uh, on Fox News. It's unbelievable. And then, of course, he's dying of glioblastoma. Right. This horrible disease in which my brother-in-law died. Right. And to say these terrible things about him in really, truly, truly the twilight of his life. Yeah. Uh, and then for you know, one of the White House communications officials, oh who God. was a Fox News personality, to say when it came to the Gina Haspel nomination, well, and, and McCain spoke out against it, well, he's dying anyway. Right. And like... And nobody uh, apologizes for no, that. Nobody walks that one back. These people are despicable. But these are also the same people who got their who got all bent out of shape when uh, somebody said something about Sarah Palin. I'm, I'm not Sarah Palin. Sarah Huckabee Sanders. Sarah Huckabee Sanders, right? Something about her eyeliner. Yeah. Everybody went completely yeah. ballistic. Yeah. What happened to our national discourse? Like, blah, blah, blah. And they, and yeah. it's absurd. The level of hypocrisy again knows no bounds. There's, 
there is nothing that is holy to these people other than and winning. That's it. Politics is sport. Yeah. This is a sport to them. And as long as they win. And it's a blood can, sport. They can make you lose and they win. So the reversal of the Iran agreement, the, the repeal. Right. Is just to spite Barack Obama. Right. It's so, just because this was negotiated by a Democrat. Right. And had Trump been able to pull off a deal like this, it would be celebrated by every Republican and every conservative. Any Republican president negotiated the JCPOA, it would be the holy of holies. Yep. That's absolutely true. But it was surrender monkey Obama. (laughs) (laughs) Meanwhile, one of the more hilarious things happening in Washington, D.C. is all the people who have spent the last almost three years fulminating against the Iran nuclear deal, writing about it, yeah. strategizing with Senate Republicans and their staffs about how to kill the deal, are now running away from the idea that they were somehow involved in killing this deal. That somehow they were the voices of right. reason in uh Yeah, I in, thought in it was a debate. flawed deal, but you know, overall I didn't think I wanted a fix yeah. for it, I wanted a better deal. The yeah. fact that the president doesn't have a, a plan B is is quite worrying to me. Wait a second. Your fix was actually really killing the deal. Right. There was no plan B. There was there's there, no plan there's B. There's never a plan there B. There is never a plan B. There's a plan A, which is let's undo what the president before us did. Right, which is we'll exactly why which is exactly why Republicans in Congress, if they were serious human beings, would have had a plan B because there was never any question that the president was going to breach the Iran nuclear deal. Never any question, no matter who his national security advisor was, no matter who his secretary of state was, no matter who his secretary of defense was, no matter whether the Israeli prime minister was Benjamin Netanyahu and the Mossad found those files. Anyway, he was always going to breach this agreement. That's true. No plan B fly by the seat of our pants because it's not about the country. It's not about a sound foreign policy. It's about politics. Yeah. It's about kicking the uh, kicking the other side down and then making them eat shit. And that oh I yeah. swear jar. Uh that's and, and that's what it's been, that's what the modern Republican party right. is about. That's exactly what it's about. What was the plan B for Obamacare? Repeal. Well, Let's they never expected Trump to win, so they never put together a plan. But they didn't have a plan anyway. It was no. just to defeat Obama. There was never a plan Remember what a. Mitch McConnell said. We're right. going to make this Barack Obama's Waterloo. Yeah. Right? Mitch McConnell is a bad person. He's a bad He's one of the worst Americans. He is, he is a bad bad person. They're all bad. I mean, but he's really bad. But Paul Ryan is the bad, really bad. Paul Ryan, his only thing in life. The, the, this is a guy who has really mind effed uh, a lot of people into thinking that he's some serious thinker. His only thing, he was an acolyte of Jack Kemp, and his only thing was about, and, and Jack Kemp was much smarter, far more creative. Better, Paul fo- Ryan's, better football player. Better football player. Paul Ryan's only thing has been to dismantle social welfare programs for people that's who are most in need. But Grandma. But that's really what they're about. And starving children. That's By the way, starving children in Trump country, Appalachia. They don't care. Right. They want to dismantle the government. I mean, that seems to be the bottom line. They're going to cut taxes for the rich, 
And then they're going to say, well, we can't afford these social right. services anymore right. because we just don't have the money. Right. Well, I wonder why we don't have all that money. Right. So what are we going to do? Well, we're just going to eliminate some of these federal <laughs> bureaucracies that are really unnecessary and have created a culture of dependency and entitlement. So we're now reaping what 40 years of this warped conservative thought. This has, tax cut is doing so much damage. The, it's just. And let's not even discuss the environment. Meanwhile, he's going to get. Look, the, the, the changes to uh, environmental this uh, regulation hasn't are, shaken his core constituency at all. No, nothing will. You saw what I posted on Facebook this week. Petula Dvorak is a columnist for the Washington Post, for the local, for the metro section. And she went out to visit with oh God. Waterman on the Chesapeake Bay who oh. uh, who harvest crabs and all kinds of things like that. They don't have... A harvest? No. They don't have the Mexican labor force right. that they import every summer because of the Trump administration's policies. These are not illegal immigrants. These are people who are on right. legal temporary work visas right. who are critical to the functioning of this industry, thus these people's livelihood. Because they no, no American is willing to take these jobs, harvesting right. low, crabs, low-paying low jobs, hard jobs. And so... Meanwhile, business is drying up from so everything she, from the watermen themselves who harvest the, the, the crab to the guys at the local – at the general store, the right. guys who sell the equipment. The to trickle the, down to theory of All of this stuff. And so she said to them, you know, do you think it has anything to do with the president's immigration policy? Nah. No. He's nah. the greatest president ever. Yeah. It's the environmentalist's fault. It's everybody else's fault. And then one of them said – well, if only, you know, we're only 15 minutes by helicopter from the White House. So if, if he just if came he, and saw what if happened. If he can only see what's going on here, he would change it. It's like, no. No, he wouldn't. No, he wouldn't. And no, he's not coming because exactly. he doesn't care. He doesn't he care. care. He, he doesn't. Does everything that he has done yeah. since coming to office, all of his alleged accomplishments since coming to office have damaged have done harm to his core constituency. But, they don't but these people are so stupid, they, they deserve, don't see it. I'm sorry, you deserve to lose your job. You deserve, they called him the greatest president ever. Yeah, good luck. Good luck. <laughs> yeah. Good luck. Oh, and when you're on food stamps, by the way, there you're not going to have it. Yeah, there aren't any food stamps right. anywhere. So. so, oh, but that's somehow the liberals' fault. It's the environment. So, Petula Dvorak went and talked to, I don't know, it was Sierra Club or whatever, Saved in Bay. Right. Like, what do we have to do with... with yeah, like, we didn't do anything. We, we don't have anything to do with, with immigration. They're for sustainable harvesting of marine life in, uh, in, in, the, in Chesapeake the Chesapeake Bay or whatever Bay, it is yeah. there. They have nothing to do with immigration. These people are... They're delusional. Willfully blind or just stupid. They're so, no. As my mother would say, they're so stupid they don't even know they're alive. They, they know enough to watch Fox News, though. Oh, my God. And this is where they're getting their information from. And they are, you know, l- low-information voters. They are... They're the lowest-information I mean, voters. They, they're completely voting against their interests. They don't even see it. Like your mother said, they're too dumb to even know they're alive. It's, and it, you know what? Sooner rather than later, they won't be alive anymore because, God forbid, one of these people gets sick and they won't have health insurance. They won't have health insurance. They won't be able to feed their families. So good luck with that. Good luck, Marilyn Waterman. See I, I, I mean, by the way, crazy. I, by the way, have health insurance. So um, I also didn't vote for that guy. I'm, I'm going to be okay. Right. I'm going to be okay. I think you're going to be okay. 
Looking pretty good right yeah. now. Knock but, on wood. But you, Maryland water, water people. Watermen, water whatever you pe- are. Water, water people. people. Right. We have to be yeah. gender neutral there, right? You are not going to be okay. <laughs> You're not. And you did it to yourself. <laughs> you shot yourself in the foot, proverbially speaking. But in this country, you know. Yeah, you never know. You may have it shot yourself in the foot, foot also. <laughs> Can you imagine? Let's find, We should find somebody, who a gun owner, who actually has shot themselves in the foot. <laughs> hey, we're a Trump supporter. Other than Plexico Burris. <laughs> He shot himself in the foot. <laughs> I would love to find a Trump supporter who literally shot themselves in the foot by accident. <laughs> that would be a great interview. Seriously. It's like, so tell me, how did you shoot yourself in the Besides foot? Besides your vote. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, next I, on the MN Corner, the <laughs> Trump voter who shot himself in the foot. Oh, it's, it's, it's too much. These people are just beyond, they're beyond help. They're beyond help. It's Maybe no. they think we're beyond help. Maybe we're libtards. But you know what? I'm sick and tired of being told that I'm not an authentic American because You're I'm not. not a moron. I almost said it, but I didn't. Because I'm not a moron because I don't you vote against my interest. You didn't serve because, in the military. Okay, you can still be a loyal, patriotic You're, American if you didn't serve in the military. You're an East Coast elitist. You, you, you know what? You can still be a loyal, patriotic American if you went to college. You can? Yes. But you know what? I, I, you know what really, you know who really bothers me the most? Not, these are uneducated, Kelly obviously un, uh, uneducated Kelly people. Kellyanne Conway really bothers me. Really yeah. yeah. But it's like those folks who live in the, in the suburbs of places like Charlotte and Raleigh-Durham, yeah. who are, you know, educated, upper middle class, and they voted for Trump. And what's that about? They they understand it's not what's economic going. anxiety. Yeah. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, it's not economic anxiety. I These people the are word, doing well. What, what, what's it about? The word really? starts with all. I don't want to paint with a broad brush, but I since do. I get painted with a broad brush, I'm I mean, gonna, I'm going to take the out suburbs there. of Phoenix, the suburbs of Charlotte. I mean, There's a word North Carolina is really a bad place. There's a word on the tip the, of my tongue. It starts with an R. 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 Racism. Racism. Reagan. No. Racism. Racism. That's it. Yeah. Are they racist? They're they're racist. Yeah, that's what it is. That's what it boils down to. And we can't continue as a country to ignore the role that racism and what plays. I hate when I read these life. alleged deep thinkers and say, "Well, not all these people are racist. It's unfair to paint them in that in that way." What they are? What they're racist. I mean, if you look at the demographic of of, of whites who vote who actually voted. For Donald Trump, I and mean, we've discussed this before. It's not the. It's not just the hillbillies. No, I think the average um, educated white female. Think, no, it was. I think the average income for the Trump voter was seventy thousand right. dollars a year, which right. is above, well above the median income, yeah. which is like fifty. Yeah, so right. we're talking about higher wage earners who voted for him. So it's not just about economic anxiety. It's about social anxiety. Right. It's about anxiety of losing your place at the top of the totem pole. It's, can I say totem pole? Yeah, you can say totem pole. Totem pole is totem okay. Pole, totem, yeah, 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 yeah. As long as you're not like saying how at the same time. Uh, <laughs> it's very difficult to it's know very, what I can say and what I can't say. <laughs> What was it? Wait, when you when you when you visited uh, Native Americans when you were yeah. out in the upper uh, in South Dakota in South Dakota? Did did they give you a name? They said we call ourselves Indians. 
That's true. I, I, my, my, I remember when my parents went out to New Mexico and they came back and they're like, yeah. guess what the Native Americans yeah. call themselves out Indians. there? Indians. Okay, but did, did you go on the, you went on the reservation? We stayed on the reservation, yeah. yeah. And, and did you get a, a special Indian name for while you were there? No. No? The Chief Running Jew, they called it. <laughs> yeah, I was just about to say, like, Chief. Chief, Chief Four-Eyed Jew. <laughs> Chief Running Jew. Or Chief. But, you know, I asked the guy. We were, Chief was, of Locks. You know, the, the guest house we were staying yeah. in. I'm like, what do you make of this whole Washington Redskins thing? Yeah. He's like, of all of the problems facing the people who live on this reservation, this does not rise up to what <laughs> It's still top. awful. It's bad. And he's like, that's something that you people on the East Coast think about. He's like, we think about things like. Opioid addiction, addiction alcoholism, alcoholism, unemployment, obesity, uh, diabetes, diabetes like, no education. Right. Yeah. Right. They have real problems. Poverty. Right. Um, you know, living in a food desert, those type of things. Right. They, they probably look at it as a minor annoyance <laughs> that, you know, that some teams well, tend... then I'm happy to take up the cause on their behalf while they're busy with more important things. Right. Well, I mean, we should be taking up the cause for some of those important things, too, though. Yeah, oh, absolutely. I, it goes without saying. But, uh, you know, while they are while they're busy and advocating yeah. on, on those issues and, and find, you know, the, the name the Redskins uh, a minor annoyance, we could at least speak out as well. On, I'm on, never going to root for the Redskins. How about that? I'm going to do my part. I'm never going to root <laughs> so for I the Redskins. So I think that's pretty easy for you. It's a big sacrifice. <laughs> I, first of all, I don't really watch football anyway right. because I'm against people giving uh, brain damage to what is <laughs> But I do support the right of any athlete to take, take a knee, knee or protest the right. national anthem or whatever. They're just babies. They're spoiled. Spoiled. They should be grateful. <laughs> They're ingrates. Don't they know that they are that they're they're examples that they 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 they're setting example for the young people. They're setting a bad example for the young people. You have to respect the flag a little bit. Uh, respect that flag. Respect the gun and respect, respect the, flag. the flag. And the national anthem. My goodness, the song no one really knows. I know that song, but you need to respect your place in the hierarchy. <laughs> you need to understand. Right. You're just here for. We'll pay you for your entertainment, but if you have. Uh, if you have any complaints about yeah, the unjust opinion. nature of society, uh, don't be so ungrateful. Don't you dare yeah, don't be, be so ungrateful. Don't be, don't be ungrateful. Don't, oh, my God. Don't be that way. Don't be that athlete. Okay. Just entertain them. Oh, my God. Yes. Incel. Well, uh, we have to talk about that next week. All right. We're talking about next week. We got to keep it. It's a cliffhanger. Cliffhanger. All right. All right. And we're out. We're out. <laughs>